Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I remember as a young boy, I very much struggled to read. It was not one of my favorite pastimes, and yet my parents still made me read the Bible 15 minutes a day, without fail. There was a reason, and that was to instill the faith in their young boy, who would soon grow to be a man, and then, well, with tears of joy, they, I guess, also found out I wanted to be a pastor. Yet there were other books that were required reading in school that I mostly disliked. It were all of those novels and fiction books where I just wanted to be the character living it out. I wanted to be fighting the battles. I really didn't care to read about somebody else doing it. But the one thing I always kept consistent, which many of you, if you like reading, will find terribly frightful... I always flipped to the back of the book and read the ending. I wanted to know how it ended. I would read the rest of it, but I cared how it ended. Because maybe I would get a different book off the shelf. Tonight, God has blessed you with the ending of your life. He's already written the book. You've received the ending And you don't have to be ashamed about reading it. You know where you end up. You know what God has in store for you. You know how he is going to wipe every single tear from your eye. And you shall dwell as those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Who have come through the great tribulation. But what happens in between? What is the rest of your story? That you must find out day by day as you live it. It still matters. Just because you know the end doesn't mean that the rest of your life is pointless or without meaning or without value. Because Christ died for your life. The beginning, the middle, and the end. There is a passage in the Bible that, as some would say, lives rent-free in my mind. And as I was preparing for tonight, I could not help but think of it over and over and over again. And it's not one that was read to you this evening, so I care to read it for you one more time. Or one time again, as you've probably heard it before. It's from 1 Peter chapter 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, You have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the middle of your life. 
It's everything that you go through in this life that results in you praising and glorifying and giving God thanks, even though for this time you be grieved by various trials. And we know those are going to come. In fact, they come more often than we desire them to come. It seems as though we overcome one trial and one temptation, and then quickly right around the corner is yet another one constantly being battered by the storms of this life. And yet our Lord is there with us. He says to build your house upon the rock. For when the wind and the waves come, it will not be blown away. It will not crumble and fall like the man who builds his house upon the sand. We are here tonight for All Saints Day. The day that we remember that the Lord had made his people a new people, born again to a living hope, not born to the hope of dying, but the hope of living. That is why we are gathered. Because we know that our loved ones are dearly departed, not just those who have departed this last church year, but the people that have left memories in our hearts that have instilled in us and poured into us a love that we had never known. A love of a mom, a love of a dad, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter. That love doesn't depart from us just because they have departed. That love turns into grief and we grieve We mourn, and it is not wrong to do so. We are blessed because we mourn. We are mourning as those who have hope in the resurrection of the dead, because we have been born to a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We do not fear the ending, because for all those who have died in the Lord and departed, they have gone to be with him. So what of your middle of the story? You have been born. You have been born again in baptism. You are called a child of God. So what happens between that beginning and when you pass into the eternal places prepared for you? Jesus says, whoever wants to follow me, let him deny himself. Likewise, he also says, take up your cross daily and follow after me. As you read the Bible, it gives you a different perspective on life. The Lord teaches you how you must walk in this life. A life of constant denial. Waking up every morning and remembering that you were born again to a new and living hope by the resurrection of Jesus. So that you mortify all passions of the flesh, all sinful desire is drowned and died, so that you live before God in righteousness and purity every morning. You start new. You cannot expect to be above your master, Jesus Christ. It was on the way of suffering that Christ came to the unsurpassed heavenly joy. 
so we should also realize that our life will be one of suffering. We will not always get what we want. We will often live like those who are despised and rejected. Because it was the Lord who came into this heavenly place or into this world from his heavenly place and took on a way of poverty. But by his way of poverty, he came to obtain the heavenly treasures that he left, which can never be lost. He gained for himself a remnant of his inheritance, for by his blood he redeemed the world. But we should desire no other way. A life of denial, a life of poverty, should it mean that we follow in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ, obtaining not any earthly treasure, but the heavenly treasures, where neither moth nor rust can destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal it. On Christ's way, he was despised. But through that, he came into his heavenly glory when he arose from the dead. No one can take that away. He rose victorious. We should seek no other way than the way of Christ. For the obtaining of a heavenly glory is eternal. It is talked about as a crown that is unfading, that does not pass It is yours in Christ. For when he is revealed again, you shall be like him. For you shall see him as he is. You shall obtain the glorified and risen body. Just as your Lord's. Because you are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Do not give up walking on the way of your Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that it is difficult, though, that these saints who have passed away this last year have been taken and enfolded into the arms of the Lord did not have it easy just because they knew the end of the story. Their life was filled with temptation, with trials, with sadness, with suffering, and yet... We buried them in the hope of the resurrection to eternal life. They were an example to us of the faith. Maybe we need to hear that more often. Because it should ring in our ears that we ourselves should live as examples of the faith. Because one day somebody will bury us. One day we will stand or lay before this altar covered in a funeral pall and they will be thinking about us and our example of the faith. And that doesn't mean you lived a perfect life. That means you died to sin, repented and received the forgiveness of sins and the blood of Jesus. You lived as an example of the faith because you did not turn away from the cross. But you were poor in spirit. 
And for you, God gave the kingdom of heaven. You see, the example of the Christian faith is hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Not of your own so that people can eulogize you when you die. But so that your life results in the praise and the honor and the glory all given to Christ. So that the words which are spoken at your funeral are the words which ring true for every saint. This one is one that has washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They are now before the throne of God. They are singing the praises of God who delivered them through the middle of their story, who gave them a new birth of living hope when they were washed and made clean and pure in their baptism. We must look at the joy of eternal life as it is set before us. That is why God gives you to read the end of the story. Because the end of the story really isn't an end at all. It is the beginning of eternity. So that you do not set before you some temporal joy that will be taken away with the next president or the next nation or the next fits of anger, whatever it may be that robs us so quickly of the joy that we have to live. But you set before yourself the joy of eternity, the heavenly treasures, the glory of the Son of God that has been given to you, the righteousness of God and the perfection which he has clothed you in. And you set your eyes to the joy of eternal life. And that is how you live. And just as you live, you also die. Because you will not fear death in that time. Because the overwhelming joy of the resurrection of the dead, the overwhelming joy of a happy reunion when those who have died in the faith before you, that will be what stays on your mind. That you shall see your Savior face to face. Jesus said to count it all as joy. To rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. And that is what Christ himself has done. He did not let the cup of God's wrath over sin be outpoured upon anyone else but himself. He said, let not my will be done but yours. And it is as we read in Isaiah 50, I gave my back to those who strike my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. So look to Christ. Look to those who are an example of the faith. Do not think because they persecute you and ridicule you and hate you for having this living hope of the resurrection that transforms your entire life, that they can do anything to take away from you the true joy that is found in Christ.
See as an example how God cared for all your loved ones in this life. See how God cared for all the prophets that left to you their words in the Bible. See to you, see to look for your sake at how God has promised to be faithful to you and to give you a blessed end out of this veil of tears to take you to himself. You, dear child of God, have been born to a living hope. Let no one take that away. Be reminded of it every week when you hear that end of your story read that you join together with the whole church on earth and with the angels and the archangels and with all the company of heaven. When you join together in the end of your story at this communion rail, when you partake of the marriage feast of the Lamb here and now and yet to be fully revealed when Christ comes, remember again why you live and where you shall live for all time and into eternity. In the arms of Christ, in the hope of the resurrection, and in the glorious promise of eternal salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.